besides real estate, what are maybe some top three investments you would consider? Real estate, real estate, and real estate. Yeah. <laughs> Hello, everybody, and welcome to the podcast. My name is Alex Davis, and I am going to be your host for the remainder of this episode. Today is another wonderful Wednesday where I bring a guest onto the Finally Ready to Grow show to bring up a new point, to bring up a new topic, something that gives a little bit more credibility to this podcast. And today I bring on a real estate agent, a CEO of a real estate agency, a very, very successful and big real estate agency in this game in, in my local area. And we break down we break down real estate and all of its forms, real estate investing, making sure to understand what you're really getting into when you go in to be a real estate agent and how you can actually invest in real estate in multiple ways and what the best investment is. I hope that you guys have fun with this episode. I really did enjoy my interview with Amanda. It was cut short due to her busy schedule. So hopefully we'll have another follow-up interview and leave in your comments down below, guys. What do you want to hear? Was there enough? Did you need a little bit more clarification on anything? Because I will be sure to reach out to you and, and answer all of your questions about real estate or about anything in general. All right, let's rock and roll, baby. Welcome everyone to the show. I am joined today by Amanda Miller. estate investor, real estate agent who has created her own real estate agency and has been very successful with that. Amanda, I'm so glad to have you on the show. Thanks, Alex. Happy to be here. Yeah. So Amanda, what is your background in real estate? When did you really get started and how did you get started in real estate? So my background, I'm approaching the 20 year mark of being in business and um, it was kind of an accident. I had a bartending restaurant background, loved uh, working with people, big people person, um, actually got pregnant when I was very young and decided that the four-year college was not for me. I wanted to stay here. I had a huge sales background selling Herbalife, Avon, so I kind of stumbled upon um, somebody that was hiring real estate agents and looked into it. I had bought my house when I was 19, so I got very excited about the possibility of having it as a career. Okay. so. Um, I know a lot of people out there wanting to get into real estate. They don't really know how. You obviously can invest in the stock market with REIT funds. You can, you know, become an agent and actually like, you know, sell for uh, clients. Um, what do you think the best way to get involved in real estate is? Do you think buying and so it's it's twofold because there's a lot of people that can become really good at real estate investing, um, in real estate ownership and real estate rentals, but they may not be really good with real estate sales. So I always tell people, because it's a common question, they're like, well, I want to be a realtor, I want to be an investor, and it's really two totally different things. Yeah. So a lot of realtors that come in the business and do well will eventually trickle into owning their own investment properties or rental properties. I myself have five Airbnbs and regular rental properties, um, so I absolutely did just that. Um, other people will decide that the being an agent or a broker is not really their cup of tea because maybe they're not as good with people or just um, struggle because it's about an 80% failure rate. So they just end up just doing like the investing or like what's very common around here is uh, being a landlord, yeah. going in and buying apartment houses. And them out. You don't need to be a people person to own apartment houses. So yeah. two totally different things. Yeah. How many um, sales have you made for your real estate agency? Do you know? 
So um, I, I believe last year for 2020, the firm had over 500 transactions. Um, and I myself personally had well over 100 transactions for the year, which is, uh, you know, about normal. It was a banner year for us, so it was the best year we'd ever had. We did almost $80 million in local real estate last wow, year. Wow, that's awesome. That's incredible. So pretty cool. Um, what do you think some top tips you could give to somebody who's trying to get into selling, whether it's selling real estate or really selling some different product? It's, it's a very hard thing to do. So the biggest thing with sales is whatever – like for a real estate agent, you have to take a class. And I always say in the class, they teach you 50% of stuff that you never use again and you don't really need to know. And they don't teach you the 50% that is the most crucial, which is more like life experience day to day and so forth. Um, if somebody's interested in getting into the business or into real estate, definitely talk to a good agent or broker and get all the pros and cons before you go spend any money on anything. To be an agent or a broker, you absolutely have to be a quick thinker, huge problem solver, and you have to be really good with people. We're more like um, therapists than we are salespeople. Yeah. So I always tell people, we're sales really has nothing to do with it. Yes, our job is to market the property or assist a buyer in finding a property, but a house, if done properly, will sell itself. We're more like the matchmakers and there's so much um, kind of psychology behind it that that's why it's such a high failure rate. People get into the business thinking it's like the one thing and then they find out it's totally separate. Um, so it's really important to know what you're getting yourself into. Okay. So before someone would go out and take a course to get their license, you would say like, what, what do you think they should know? So I would sit down and explain to them that so... What they see on HGTV is about 5% reality. <laughs> um, we don't just show people three homes and they buy one. You can work with a client for years. I've had my longest running client was 10 years before I found them the house that they wanted. Wow. Um, you can get late night calls, early morning calls, text messages. People get highly emotional. It's their biggest sale or biggest purchase. It's their most equity. Um, so they tend to lean on you and sometimes take things out on you that aren't necessarily your fault or isn't something that you're supposed to take care of, but yet you really are the one that has to take care of it to get it to the closing table, get everybody happy yeah. and, and meet everybody's goals. So there's so much there that people are not equipped for. So when they sit down with me, I explain to them, again, beyond being a people person, you have to get ready to be quick thinking, Problem solving, stay calm, keep your clients calm, um, expect the unexpected, no two days are alike, every day is different, and you can wake up at 7 o'clock in the morning and have your day completely planned out, and next thing you know, within a half hour, you got two cancellations, you got somebody else trying to squeeze in, you got somebody running three hours late, like yesterday, and your whole day is flipped upside down, and all you can do is... Like I said, it's organized chaos. So all you can do is flip things around and try to fix things. Okay. So as a homeowner, somebody who rents properties out, um, how would you? What advice would you give to somebody who's younger, trying to like maybe not have their license, but starting to invest in actual properties and renting them out? So with investment properties, it's really important to know that you can buy your first investment property um, up to a. I believe a four unit apartment, um, FHA. So you can do like a very low down payment if yeah. it's owner occupied. 
So it's a great way to start out because for like three and a half percent down, you can get your first investment property, live there, have somebody else pay your rent. And that is the smartest and the best way to start out because you have your own place to stay and um, you can stem from there. That's what I've had a lot of clients do. And then after they live in their you know, place for a while, um, a lot of times they'll move on, buy a second unit, move out of their first one, go to the second one, rent their old unit. And it's, it's just a pattern of um, building wealth through real estate, starting out young. You just have to do it the right way. Yeah. You have to know what you're doing. You need a good attorney. You need a good lease set up and um, just baby steps. But what happens is eventually it catapults. And I've watched clients, you know, after it took them five, six years to get going, all of a sudden they've situated themselves enough where they can continue purchasing and it, real estate truly is the greatest path to wealth yeah do you prefer having lots of units like a large apartment complex versus a single no house? nope so i me myself personally i stay everything under four family okay. um which is more considered residential anything over that's considered commercial yeah. um once you start owning more than probably one or two apartment houses you get into higher interest rates with investment properties, but um, commercial is a whole different animal. That's a completely different ball game, higher interest rate, higher down payment. So if you stay under like that, that four unit cap, then you're in much better shape. Okay, as far as cash flow goes, do apartment complexes provide better cash flow than a single door or a duplex? Absolutely, so obviously the more apartments you have, the more cash flow, also the more headaches you have. Right, yeah. So it's a, it's a compromise. Um, it's also being smart about what you're purchasing. For example, like you could buy a duplex that is four bedrooms each side and 1200 square feet each side and rents for, you know, $1,400 a month each side. That's $2,800 a yeah. month versus a four unit where they're all one bedrooms and they're renting for $600 a month. So it's, it is about each property making sure that it's right and it has the right cash flow and that makes the most sense. Okay. How long does it take you to go about like finding the right deal, making sure that it is... There's really you? no... I mean, I've watched people find something immediately and like I said, I've watched people spend years looking for the right property. Um, I myself personally didn't buy any investment properties like my Airbnbs um, until almost 15 years into my career. Um it just always felt like I just didn't see the right one. Then when I found one, it was like a trickle effect. And within a few years, I owned five air. I now own five Airbnbs. So um, it just all of a sudden, just the last few years, I was able to find what I was looking for. Where before I wasn't. Wow. Okay. So as somebody who didn't like spend a lot of time at four-year schools or anything, what are some skills that people need to like establish that schools don't teach you? So I'm gonna, I'm really, really, really emphasizing it is truly, and this is, this is where I find bartenders and waitresses and hospitality management, um, people have the best background because it's nothing that you can be taught in school. You have to be good with people. You have to have those skills. You have to be highly organized in the most disorganized disheveled chaos yeah um those are skills you just can't go to college and learn unfortunately not and college is certainly right for the right careers and for the right people um i had a two-year background at jcc i felt like it was really good i got some basic schooling um but after i was done with my liberal arts degree and knew that there was really nothing that a four-year school was going to teach or be able to help me um but 
being in some kind of sales, being a bartender, having a restaurant, hospitality background helped teach me those skills that no college ever could have. Okay. What do you think the, uh, the top lessons or things people should know about finance that school doesn't teach you? So as far as like buying and financing properties? Um, just personal finance personal or finance. investing. Um, so the biggest part about our field and our industry is you are entirely self-employed. So it's really important. The other reason why there's such a high failure rate is people don't plan for the unexpected or, you know, we get rolling with a good market for a while and they don't put any money away and then the market tanks and then things are really bad. So we're self-employed. So it's like any other business where you have to prepare for the ups and downs, which means financially putting some money away, being prepared, you're your own boss. You know, the pros are nobody can fire you, but the cons are if you don't get a paycheck for six to 12 exactly. months, it's on you. Yeah. Well, um, what are your what are your ways that you keep organized in all the chaos? How do you make sure to stay on top of things? Um, so I'm old school with an old school legit planner and I write everything down. I have sticky notes everywhere. I cross things off. I, I'm a straight up old school list girl. Like I have to, to be organized. I have to make a list of every day what has to get done okay. and cross them off as I go. And um, I don't, I can't do the electronic thing, yeah. you know, on yeah. my phone. It's just not, not something that I can do. Um, and that is what is probably the biggest key that helps me keep organized okay. is just keeping a running list yeah. in front of me all day long of what needs to get done. Okay. So before the mics were on, you were talking about when things don't go to plan, you know, you, yeah. you have your whole day planned out, things don't happen. Uh, how do you handle that? Or like, how do you handle the rejection? The best you can. And most of it, I do try to explain to all my clients, whether it's sellers or buyers that, um, especially during the busy season that, um, when I set up appointments, I try not to tell them like two o'clock, I'll say between two and three or two and two thirty, or, Hey, you know, I'm going to be out with this client, um, okay. coming in from out of state, showing them 10 houses. So you're going to have to give me a little leeway because it's hard to plan how yeah. long somebody, I could be, you know, thinking I'm going to take three hours. I take an hour. I could think I'm taking an hour and I take three. So it, time management is hard, but if you explain to everybody and are full upfront, full disclosure with them, they're really great most people are like oh yeah absolutely when you get here i'll see you okay no that's good to be flexible and, to be and you have and you give them that heads up and then they're they understand yeah okay besides real estate what are maybe some top three investments you would consider like real estate real estate and real estate yeah <laughs> okay okay um just different types like um so this property that we're at right now is a commercial building and i've got a lot of time and money invested in this property but it's a multi-use property, so it's commercial. There's an apartment upstairs and then the rental house next door. Um, then I have my other commercial business, the gift shop, yeah. with the apartments upstairs there. Okay. So basically I've got two commercial type multi-use properties. Um, then I have regular rentals and then I have Airbnbs. So I say real estate, real estate, real estate because I'm very diversified. Um, I've also, you know, put a lot of equity, sweat equity into my own home, knowing that that's my biggest investment and someday hopefully that will pay off like when I want to retire. Um, I do think it's important though, when you are self-employed, um, to have a SEP IRA, which is a self-employed person's IRA. Um, it's really cool compared to a regular IRA, which limits you, um, to what you can put in every year. And the SEP IRA is super high limit, like it's forty or fifty thousand dollars a year that anybody that's self-employed can put away, at tax-free as okay. a write-off. 
Um, so that's a, a huge benefit where if you're not self-employed, you don't have that option. Okay. What's the ROI on that? Um, so it's just like any other IRA. Um, you can be aggressive, less aggressive, moderate. Um, okay. I have a personal advisor, Kim Allen, who basically, um, you know, knows where I am at my point in life and adjusts accordingly. Like obviously when okay. I was super young, um, you know, like, you know, 20, early twenties, um, it was a lot more aggressive. Yeah. And I would say today at 39, it's still fairly aggressive, but as I get older, he'll start like modifying, um, the investments that the SEP IRA has going on and start scaling them back to okay. more like moderate. Yeah. 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 Um, so let's go back to talking about houses and owning your own house because yeah. a lot of people think that their own house is an asset when uh, there's also a lot of controversy saying it's your biggest liability because you're pouring a lot of money into it and besides the capital appreciation. So I'll give you a really good example. We have a lot of military that are here and there's two um, general outlooks. Some people say, well, why would I ever buy a house uh, You know, if I'm here for five years and I buy it for 200000 and I sell it for 200000 five years later and technically look like I've lost money with closing costs and repairs and so forth. Then you have the other um, viewpoint, which is why wouldn't I buy a house while I was here five years? Why would I throw my money away renting? So it's really important for people to understand this concept because if you buy a house for this, sell a house for the same price you bought it for, say five years later, and maybe on the outside you think, oh, you know, I'm selling it for the same price and I've got closing costs and minor improvements and repairs through the years, I'm losing money. It's actually the complete opposite. Uh, if you look at the industry standard of rent right now at what's $1,500 a month for 12 months, what does that work out to be a year? Um, you literally are throwing money away. So that would be about $18,000 a year. And if you multiply that by five years, that's 90 grand. So if you rented for five years, you would have thrown away almost $100,000. Okay. Okay. Now, go back to what I'm saying, selling the house the same price you bought it for. Let's say you incur $20,000 in what you think is a loss between closing costs and repairs during that five years. So in that, in essence, by owning that home for five years, you held on to $70,000. Okay. This is where people don't really think, and it's the truth. So instead of losing $90,000 over five years paying a landlord, this person only lost $20,000 between maintenance, repairs, closing costs, because they sold the house for the same price they bought it for. So they actually preserved $70,000 of their money that they would have thrown out the window to a landlord. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Now, that's if you basically sold the house for the same thing. Now enter into the equation, something happens in the market, they bought it for 200000 and they sold it for two fifty. Now you have a completely different animal. Basically, at the end of the day, they not only didn't lose any money in five years, they made you know forty, fifty thousand dollars, and obviously that's the ideal situation. But that's why you see a lot of military that buy because they are like, even if I sell it for the same price, I'm still preserving money and equity that if I was just paying a landlord would be completely gone. Yeah. 
I, th- I think that's a really good point because I was wondering whether owning a house is better than renting a house. A lot of people say renting is better than owning. because. So of- renting, like, again, it goes back to which multifamily is the best for you. If you are, you know, have a Taj Mahal for $600 a month, you have a great landlord and, um, yeah, maybe that makes sense for a while to rent, but you have to look at basically what, what you want to live in and the cost of rents versus the cost to buy and so forth. Um, and so what most people will find in most military, the types of homes that they need to rent are $1,500 to $2,500 a month. So it makes more sense for them to buy if they're going to be here, you know, four or five years at least, um, than to spend that kind of money on a, on a rental. Yeah. So... Um, as a real estate agent, somebody who sells uh, properties, and we we live in a state like um, not like Arizona where real estate's really big, right? Is it hard? Do you find it hard to move people out of properties when you're trying to sell them? So or? the market here is like any other market in the North Country. It's cyclical. It goes up. It goes down. It stabilizes. It goes to a seller's market. It goes to a buyer's market. Typically, we will always say there's a, usually about four to five years of a seller's market and then maybe two to three of a buyer's market. That seems to be the kind of the normal cycle. Um, But no matter what, this area is growing and I don't think that we'll ever see a huge uh, depreciation again, Um, especially with the pandemic. People are absolutely appreciating being in rural areas a lot more away from big cities. Um, People are working remote. So maybe they wanted to live here, but they couldn't, and now they can. So a lot of things are definitely changing. Okay. With uh, the pandemic and having low interest rates, or um, uh, yeah, for, for loans, taking out loans, how have you like best prepared yourself, and how have you been able to handle and optimize um, real estate selling and, and buying during this time? So for me personally, um, you know, I was fortunate enough where all of my investment properties I bought when things were, I would say, more leaning towards a buyer's market. Yeah. It was kind of stabilized. It wasn't a heavy buyer's market, but it was by no means a seller's market. Um, right now, what you're seeing is much more of a seller's market. So maybe not the best time to buy an investment property at the moment unless just the right property presents itself um a lot of people as far as investing will just kind of ride out the market wait till it stabilizes and then um, find the right investment property from there all right um do you read any books i do not no okay i'm way too adhd books and online classes are my enemy. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. I wish I could say that I was that super savant that, you know, reads all these classic books. Um, I can't focus long enough. Yeah, yeah. No, that's okay. So I have a few more questions before we wrap up. Yeah. What do you think a good way to gain clients is in, in any type of market, whether it's real estate or... So the best way to gain clients absolutely is to prove to somebody how you can be a benefit to them. How is your service going to help them buy or sell, um, market yourself to show, um, you know, we're experts. We do this day in and day out. We deal with home inspectors, lawyers, banks, um, negotiating, you know, getting the most money out of a sale, um, helping negotiate the best offer with um, purchasing. So we just need to constantly remind the general public what we're here for, what we do. A lot of people don't want to deal with the buyer or seller directly. And there you have it. Once again, another phenomenal interview with one of the...
the best, most influential people in my personal life. I hope you got just much, as much out of the entire conversation as I did with Amanda. I definitely want to have her on the show again just because our interview got cut a little bit short, um, just because she's such a busy person and everything. But there's definitely a lot of unanswered questions out there. And if you have any questions, then please feel free to come to me and I will answer all of your questions at any time. And I will leave Amanda's information in the show notes in the description below so you guys can go follow her, check her out, see what she's been up to, see what her brand is really about, and see all of the awesome things that she's involved in. With that, I will see you all in the next episode. Peace out.